Welcome to the club! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. That's what you're going to need in today's music business. Man, uh, publishing companies aren't hiring because they think you might be a good songwriter, and record labels aren't signing artists, and management companies aren't picking up artists and because they think they got potential and they can develop you because you're a diamond in the rough. They want to see actual results already. So you're going to have to start creating those results, and the more results you create, the more leverage you make, the better deals you're going to get, the farther you're going to go. Easy peasy, right? That's why we called it the CLIMB, C-L-I-M-B, Creating Leverage in the Music business. That's what we're going to teach you here. And uh, the genius that came up with that acronym is my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent is not only genius, but he's also an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Annabellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, how to do business like a pro, and then on a regular basis, he's got programs that'll help get you in touch in front of the pros, in front of the publishers to get you a, get you a shot, get you an opportunity. So uh, you can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They help you find your sound and they help you grow your audience so that you can become the artist that everybody loves. So you can get paid. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That's production, singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. How you doing, brother? Hello. What's going on? Man, it's just a little bit of raininess going on outside my window, and uh, but it's a good day. It's a good day. Get to share some knowledge. Right. Oh, what are we going to talk about today? We're going to not talk about the Arkansas Razorbacks. All right, we're going to talk because they or the Green Bay Packers. Or the Packers. There we go. We can commiserate. Goodness gracious sakes. Anyway, (laughs) sorry, I brought that up. All right, so uh, today we're going to talk about whether or not, as a songwriter, you should hold back your best song ideas. Ooh. Yes. Should you hold them back? Are there times when you go, I'm not riding that with you? Or should you always be like, best I got, I'm coming with it. So we're going to talk about that today. And it matters. The choice I made on this has changed my life. And we're going to get into that. So before, right on. Well, before we do, let's take care of a little bit of business. Yes, exactly. Um, Hey guys, there is amazing stuff going on in the climb community on Facebook. All the climbers, it grows every week. It grows. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's songwriters in there talking about writing songs. They're hooking up, like doing co-writes, uh, creating relationships. There are indie artists talking about marketing. And uh, everybody's in there asking questions and giving really, really solid advice. You know, mm-hmm. like, so it's, it's, a great, it's a great hang. It's, it's very active. Join the client community. Just search for it on Facebook. Ask to be let in. We let everybody in as long as you have a picture and you don't look like a bot. And uh, you just have to be good boys and girls, uh, or you will be roadhoused. Subscribe to the podcast. It, everything comes automatically in your podcast player then. For, uh, every Tuesday for the full episodes, every Friday for the mini-sodes, for Expand Your Brand, and for Song Title Challenge. And um, it just uh, you, you don't have to worry about the marketing. It just comes right to you, and you can sort of consume them as, as you wish. Mm-hmm. Um, best compliment you can give us is share it. Tell somebody about it. If you're listening to this podcast and you're finding good information, good value, tell your friends, tell your, tell your bandmates, tell your other, your peers, man, Hey, this is, this is a lot of good stuff going on here. You need to start thinking about this. 
uh, share it. And then finally, take 30 seconds and leave a five-star rating and review. Uh, mm-hmm. It lets people know that are thinking about kind of dipping their toe in the water, whether or not uh, we're legit. Right? That's right. We would like to thank the w- over 100 of you that have left five-star reviews. And we'd also like to send a special thank you to that one person that left a one-star. That's right. Sorry you had Whoever a bad you day. are, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was probably the nepotism episode I don't know. Um, that got us that one star that uh, we ruffled some feathers, I guess, maybe. I don't that's know. Right. But I hope your day has gotten better. Uh, hey, we want to give a shout-out to... Uh, go to just to yeah, leave one Yeah, star. right? Take 30 seconds to leave one like, I didn't like what I heard. I don't find them. I'm a one star. There. You know what? I tell you what, though. You know what it could have been? What what I, here's, here's where I'm spinning this in my okay. head. Because I've, I've done this before uh, on accident. Like, when you slide across those stars. Oh, yeah. Like, if you slide back the wrong way or something. Oh, it takes them away? Yeah. It takes no, them I away. bet we just made someone mad. I'm just going to own it. You think so? I mean, I'm not for everybody. I really, I really don't. You didn't. You're sweet as pie. I, I got the edge here. They probably pissed off of me. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, but for the... But hey, we want to give a shout out to uh, our partner, Disc Makers, as yes. well. We are, we are proud to partner with them. Disc Makers have been helping out indie artists since before it was a thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been working with them. I mean, personally, I've been working with them, doing duplication on CDs for all my artists. If I... If I get to influence that decision i don't always get to but when i do we go to disc makers man the the, the artwork the, the the software they have to get your panels ready and everything for for physical product is astounding it's really good it's really easy it's very cool and um and and they deliver you know on time man so it's good mm-hmm. you can reach them at discmakers.com uh www.discmakers.com and um yeah and while you're there Click on the Guides and Resources tab and download some of their excellent free guides. They've just revised and expanded their home studio handbook, which has a ton of great information and advice for newbies and studio veterans. So, again, you can find them at discmakers.com, D-I-S-C, makers.com, or give them a call at 800-468-9353. That's 800-468-9353. Awesome. So, Thank you, Discman. Should you hold back your best song ideas? And if you should, who for? All right. So it's here. Here's the situation. You know, are you, are you sitting on your A-list song ideas waiting for that someday when you might get in the room with a hit writer or hit artist? Are you intentionally not writing those titles or ideas with your current co-writers because they're unknown, right? Your co-writers are unknown. They're unproven or they don't have publishing deals. Now, I understand that can be tempting. After all, you don't want to, you know, waste your brilliant idea with anyone less than a hit songwriter or artist. It's tempting, but I think it's also a mistake. So you want to know why I think it's a mistake? Tell me. I have four reasons. Uno, dos, quattro, uno, dos, tres, quattro. Stay in Arkansas, pal. There you go. I'm the lateral. You know, you don't want to go any farther south. I know. That's, that's, that was a quick check of my coffee. The coffee said you ain't had enough of me yet. International Man of Mystery. I know. Anyway, so four reasons. <laughs> All right. Almost went to Chinese for a minute there. All right. So, okay. So here are four reasons you should not save your best ideas for that mysterious someday. Uh, this is why you should bring your best ideas to every co-write. Okay. Number one, today's unknown co-writer might be tomorrow's hit songwriter. Uh, I'll tell you a little story. So gather around. So Aaron Enderlin 
was definitely higher up the Nashville ladder than I was when we started riding together. And, you know, and she still is, by the way. But anyway, but back then, uh, she was just a college student with no cuts to her credit. So it's a good thing that I decided to pitch her the, the idea and some of the lyric on Monday Morning Church instead of waiting until someday when I get to Nashville and I get to write with a hill, real hit songwriter. Because you know what? Aaron was a hit songwriter. And so was I. It just so happened we were supposed to write that first hit with each other. Yeah. And so Aaron was from Arkansas, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's how we, I was still living back in Little Rock. She was from uh, a town outside of Little Rock called Conway and uh, connected through some mutual business, you know, music business people. That's how she got on my radar and I got on hers, went out to see her and we started writing together a little bit. She was in college. I was at a college and, and day job in the cubicle ant farm. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's a good thing. I didn't think, well, this Monday morning church idea, that's, that's, that's a hit. I'm going to, I'm not going to write with this college girl. I'm going to wait because I'm going to move to Nashville. And I'm going to keep it in my hip pocket till I can write it with whoever the hit songwriters of the day, you know, would have been. Yeah. Whoever, would, you know, would have been on my mind. It's a good thing I didn't do that because that was a hit song. And I was supposed to write with Aaron. It's yeah. A good thing I didn't wait till I could write with a hit songwriter. Well, you remember yeah, we talk about like we, we throw around the word in terms of Seth Godin language. It's called just publish, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not yeah. to be confused with publishing your song or getting a publishing deal or anything mm-hmm. like that in the music industry. But just, just in other words, just put it out there. Just do the work mm-hmm. and put it out there because that could be the thing that changes makes your life. The difference, right? That, that could be the thing that changes your life. And, and if you're sitting around waiting for the perfect moment, it's never going to come. You know, it's never going to come. And, and if it does show up, you, it's going to show up to somebody who might be say unprepared, right? Cause you didn't yeah. work on some really good titles before. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I finally get in the room with those hit writers and I've not done the work about writing my best titles the best way I can. And maybe that's the song. Maybe. Okay. So you get a hit with it, right? It's like mm-hmm. your biggest hit, I think, but yeah. um, maybe that's the song that you write that gets everybody, turns everybody's heads that turns the publisher's head. It's like, you know what? There's something going on here. Well, or an artist, a local artist head or mm-hmm. another songwriter that you're trying to get with going to be like, man, that's, I like that. Okay. That's your idea that you came up with that. Yeah. I co-wrote that. Okay. Now yeah. it, it's like a calling card. It's, 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 it's not, we talk about leverage, right? Mm-hmm. That titles, one form of leverage, but a finished song, mm-hmm. man, that's another form of leverage. It sure is. And, and actually that segues nicely into the number two reason you should bring your best stuff to every co-write your best work creates better opportunities. So simply put, your B-list work isn't going to open A-list doors. Your B-list work is not going to open A-list doors. So you want to always bring your best. And as your best gets better, you'll start to get noticed by folks higher up the ladder. Now, if nothing else, think of your best stuff as bait for better co-writes. So here's an example. That's good. Yeah, thank you. I'll think about this for a minute. Here's an example. Uh, You're a lyricist, but you've only written with kind of B-list melody people opportunity might happen when a publisher says, wow, man, what a great lyric and idea. Let me get you with some of my melody writers. I think the melodies can be stronger here. And you're like, yeah, I don't have melodies much. I'm more a lyric person. Like, Let me get you with some of my melody people. So they wouldn't have heard that if you hadn't written that best idea with the best people available at the time. You know, so say if Monday morning church hadn't, uh, had never gotten cut, cut but even before it got cut, so it, 
rocketed up to one of my best songs. Uh, well, judging by <laughs> my royalty statements, my best song. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Aaron and I had written that. Neither of us had publishing deals. We didn't have much going on. I moved to Nashville after we wrote it. She was already here. And that's, and it kind of what you mentioned, Johnny, that song helped me started getting me noticed because mm-hmm. I'd go play it for NSAI publisher nights or what publisher meetings I could start getting. I'd play it for them. And people, a lot of people passed on it, but other people were like, man, there's something there. Oh, I love that song. And then keep in mind what you're talking about, just to be absolutely clear is before it got cut by Alan Jackson. Exactly. This was, was, one, of just, heads. Yeah. was one of a billion other songs floating around Nashville. And I was just one of thousands of unknown songwriters without anything going on. Mm-hmm. And so that song was my calling card and, or one of them. I mean, I didn't know what it was going to become. I didn't know that, but mm-hmm. I know that people in the business responded to it. Now, some, most of them thought it could never be a, a single just because of how the song is built and how sad it is and slow and all that stuff. But they're like, that's a dang good song. I love that song. Yeah. I'll meet with you. What else you got? <laughs> you know, and it started opening some doors for opportunity even before it got, recorded by a major artist. And so my best work was creating better opportunities for me. Now, if I'd still been sitting on that, then they wouldn't have had that song to associate with me. And I'd have been just one more guy with all these other songs that weren't standing out. Because right, really making, that was, that making, was standing out above most of my other work. You, you would have been, you know what you would have been? Here's the, here's the sad fact. You would have mm-hmm. been, a really good songwriter making really bad business decisions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Cause that would have been a bad business decision. Yeah. If I've been pocketing and, and, and that. You could be, you could be the guy writer. Do what? I said, you could be the guy that's sour. Like, well, nobody wants to talk to me, but well, you haven't showed him anything good yet. Cause you, you're rat holing all mm-hmm. the best titles that you got. Um, you know, and you're not, you're not publishing, you're not doing anything. So it's like, right. it's not getting out there. Yeah, I think it's I think it's important because if you like in my situation, I'm dependent on melody writers. Now, a lot of my writers, Aaron, including other people, they they input a lot on lyric as well. But lyrics is what I do. I'm not going to write a hit melody. So I am when I put stuff out there, I'm trusting that there's going to be a a great melody put on it. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes they can make you want to hold back your best stuff and go until I get with way people up in the stratosphere. But the thing is, I mean, that song opened doors for me that a lot of my other catalog couldn't have opened. Mm-hmm. Not because of Aaron, but because of the song. Yeah. And that helped me get in the room with some people that had had success and were pro writers that I probably couldn't have gotten in the room with. And this is still before it got recorded. Started getting people interested, maybe working with me or hooking me up with some other co-writes, started creating better opportunities mm-hmm. that I wouldn't have had if I hadn't been presenting my best work in a form that you know, was a song. That's right. Cause I thought Aaron was good. She was the, had more going on than anyone else I was working with, but she wasn't a hit writer. Not yet. So you ready for number three? Yes, sir. You should always bring your best to every car ride because there's more where that came from. If you keep writing, you're going to have more ideas and you'll get better ideas and you'll write better grooves, get better guitar licks. Your creativity is a renewable resource. Okay. It's not like you only have so much money in the bank and once it's all gone, it's gone. You only have so much creativity in the bank and once it's spent, it's spent. No, the more you 
use your creativity, the more you get cash flow, you know, the more it's renewable and you go open up the bank. Oh, new money in there. Let me go spend some more creativity. You go back the next day. Oh, I spent more. <laughs> Look, there's more in there. It doesn't yeah. run out. The more you use it, the more of it you get, I think. So trust that your current quote unquote best stuff is not the only best stuff you'll ever have. I think that's part of it. Sometimes we get so precious with our ideas. Oh, I can't, I, you know, I got to sit on this one for just the right thing and just the right, you'll have more. You know where that Create comes some from? space for that new thing to come in. Yeah, that, I mean, that is when you're, that happens when you're not operating from a, a, a mindset of abundance. Yeah, exactly. Right. Scarcity you're, mindset. You're, yeah. It's a scarcity mindset. So you think I'm only going to have these and that's a, that's a, that's a lie. That's a myth mm-hmm. that it's fear. Um, it's fear that, believe me, a lot of really, really, really very rich, very important people want you to think that way. It's easier to keep you on the hamster wheel and get that certain amount of money they're expecting you from, from your uh, social security number. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a promise, by the way. That's what a social security number is. A promise that this is how much money you're going to generate in your lifetime. And you know, we owe China a lot of money. Yeah. But um, that aside, I mean, it, you've got you've to come from that abundance, I think. And it's a, it's a, it's a fear. It's an insecurity. Mm-hmm. Right. It's an insecurity that you're afraid it's going to run out. Man, can't you just can't approach it like that. that you, you've really just got to let it go. And just mm-hmm. the most prolific writers are the ones who have learned to not get in their own way to yeah. not, learn not to choke it off. You know, mm-hmm. um, it, it's a it's a connection, I think. I think I, I think. When you might disagree with me on this, but but I feel like. People you're closest to your maker mm-hmm. when you're created. Well, God is a creator. He is yeah. the creator, right? And I think part of being made in his image is the fact that we, we create as well. I'm not yeah. as well. We create too. Not I mean, we can do busy work but, and we can do this and we can do that. But when we create things, right? When we're yeah. creative, when we come up with stuff, that's, that comes from somewhere. And that's, oh, yeah. that's when you're really like in touch with it, you know? And, um, I, you, you've got to, you've got to take that mindset of abundance, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you've got to, and, and again, good business decision, right? You start rolling out with some really killer stuff, man. And people mm-hmm. are going to start talking. And even if it's incomplete, you know, because the, the kind of the thesis of this is maybe you're not writing with the hit writers and stuff. You, you have imperfect co-writers that, yeah. uh, you know, or you're writing by yourself and, but you don't have the record deal and you don't have the connections. So should I wait? No, do your best stuff now because you'll have more best stuff. And the more you learn to write that best stuff, one thing, it just clears up space for new best stuff to come in. I mean, I have ideas now that obviously I never would have thought of before because I didn't. And they're more sophisticated. You're a little, you're a better student of the game, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's much more attention. There's much more, there's a lot more sort of system one thinking, right? With writing a song now that maybe was system two 10 years ago. You know, where you oh, really sure. had to think about it. And now you're like, okay, no, I know exactly what I'm doing here. Mm. I know exactly how to run this route, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Muscle memory. And, and so that's a, the big thing on point three is just trust that if it's your best song now or your best idea now, it probably won't be five years from now or 10 that's years right. from now. And yeah. if it's 
Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. If it still is, then you're probably not working enough. Yeah. You're not doing, you know, if you want to do it for a living, you yeah. got to write more songs. Or you're not thinking about it like a craft, right? right. Like mm. if you're the one person that's like, well, I got three songs and I'm just going to see what these do. Right. And if they do, if they, whatever, and you don't even know what the criteria, by the way, everybody that says that, they don't even know what the freaking criteria is. Like no, they don't even no know like, what, what kind of movement, how much does the needle have to move before you consider that a success? They couldn't <laughs> yeah. even, nobody can answer that, right? Like what? Right. Oh, if, if, you, if you don't get a Garth Brooks hit from it, you're going to hang it up. Is that what you're going to do? Like, it's, it's a craft. It's, it's something yeah. that you do because you love to do it, because mm. you keep getting better at it, and you love the, the cathartic, the, the transformation, you know, mm. of, of starting with an idea and ending up with this beautiful thing, no matter who hears it, you know? Yeah. And the people who really, really hone in on that and enjoy that for that reason um, are the ones who are much more likely to be, uh, getting paid to do it. Yeah. You ready for point four? Number four. Number four. The clock is ticking. All right. For one thing, your current best stuff might not even be relevant in a year or two. The market may change. Trends may shift. So you want to strike now while the iron's hot. Um, also, you are, or at least you should be, growing as a songwriter. So most of your A-list stuff today will become your B-list stuff in a few years, right? But the clock slows. Point. Well, thank you. Yeah, because stuff I used to get really fired up about and write. I mean, I look back at my list of what I've written. So many of those ideas I would not write now. Man, so I'm hold on. Ask that. Think about think about like uh, the first number one for Tim McGraw. I don't know who wrote it. You'll probably know, but don't take the girl. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's the, it's a story song, right? Yeah. First act, second act, third act. Right. And um, same girl. You know, same blah, blah. same and, old boy, same sweet girl. Yeah, same sweet girl. Yeah, exactly. And, down the road. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So that's a that was a number one hit song. You can't deny uh, it. Number uh, one hit song. Sold yeah. a fortune. Put Tim McGraw on the map. 
right? Mm-hmm. As, a, as a legit artist, that was his first number one. And if you brought that into a publisher today, they would be like, nope. Yeah, they'd be like, that's not what's going on. Yeah, it's cool song, like but no. But it's, the market has shifted. Maybe that stuff will come back. But yeah, or... I uh, never thought about it that way. That's like, that's like it's like, it's like freaking fruit, man. It's like, you gotta... <laughs> <laughs> you got to pick well, the apple while it's ripe and get to eating it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you might be fired up about it because it's this, you know, stone cold country thing that, oh my gosh, now Florida Georgia lines come out and we're doing bro country. Ah, it's falling out of favor. And I was waiting until I could get with Rivers Rutherford to ride it or something. Yep. And the impression though, but here's the impression. So think about this, like same Here's where it's not about the art, but it is about the art, right? It's more, but it's about the market, right? Mm-hmm. So the impression that you would have if you were the writer and you wrote, um, don't take the girl, mm-hmm. and you showed up to a publisher's meeting in 1993, right? Mm-hmm. With, with that song, uh, they're going to be like, holy crap, this is great. This is yes. awesome. I love it. Same song. Mm-hmm. Clearly, it's a number one. You can't deny the value of that art, right? And yeah. how well it was done. But you show up to a published meeting today and they're going to roll their eyes. Like you clearly are out of touch with the market. This, mm. You don't know what we're doing. You know, somebody yeah. told you that, right? Like this is a hit song in the 1990s. Like, yeah. And, and you're like, damn, you know, but, <laughs> right. but think about that. Now, let's say you have the opportunity to have a meeting. Okay. Take the context of the hit out of it. Okay. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. the context of the work and the relevance of the work to the market mm-hmm. at this particular time. If you're holding on to that idea, and the market changes. Now you've wasted that good idea because, you know, six months ago, you could have gotten somebody real excited about it. And what are they going to remember? They're not going to say like, oh, like six months from now, nobody's talking, or what, 25 years later, nobody's Mm -hmm. talking about don't take the girl as some old school crappy song that isn't going to work today. No, it's a hit song. It's it right. Yeah. It's a great song. It's a hit song. I remember that song. I love that song. It it, it meant me something to me in this moment. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing. You see what I'm saying? Like you get into a meeting with a co-writer or uh, a local artist or um, a publisher guy or something like that. And you have something that's relevant right now. Their first impression is this guy's relevant. It's awesome. And you both move on as the market changes together as opposed to you waiting. And that same piece of great work you take six months later and they're like, okay, you don't get it. Yeah. You're out of touch. Right off the bat, you're being judged one way or the other. So, man, that is, I never thought about it that way. That's, that's heavy, dude. Like, you're, you know what? You're smart. You should get a podcast or something. People I are- could count to four in Spanish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> only takes me, Trace tries. <laughs> Trace um, tries. Trace. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, the, the thing is, yeah, it, it does. Things change over time. What if, you know, there's that, that bright shining moment when there were like, you know, you had a lot of like country rap or beach songs are really in, or, you know, you go through these little micro trends and, and that kind of stuff and you hang on to, I'm going to hang on to my country rap song till I can ride with Colt Ford. And then yep. the market changes or whatever. And you're like, yeah. well, dang it. Or whatever it is. Uh, you know, or back in the nineties. I got this great swing idea. You know, when Brian Setzer came out with Jump, Jive, and Whale. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Jump, Jive. Then, yeah. So, it, like, this was there for a minute. If you'd had one of those, and you're like, I got one of these, I'm going to wait till I can get to Brian Setzer, whatever. And then it's over before you get it to that person. And you're like, well, now it's a paperweight. Yeah. Now it's just a file on a computer. 
It's on my floppy disk. There you go. Because <laughs> it was an so Not only did you miss the opportunity to monetize it and make money, but you also missed the opportunity to to be relevant and make an impression on somebody that could exactly move you up that next uh, run really. of the ladder. Yeah. And here's the good news too, though. The clock that we're talking about it slows down for really great work. A great song stands the test of time. And you can only write one if you're writing the very best you can, not holding back for someday. So you want to do your best work as often as you can. So this is even like the don't take the girl. It may not be marketable as much right now because the way that we're presenting those ideas has changed. But if you still brought that into somebody, they would go, well, that's good work. I may not know what to do with it, but that's yeah. really well written. It may be dated, but there's pro level writing here, but I guarantee a song that strong or the house that built me or what, you know, is going to be worthwhile longer than the ones that are right in the moment, but not that great. They're timely, but they're not timeless. Yeah. You know, they can only exist in certain time frames. Like truck. Yeah. Another song by Tim McGraw. One, Another one. Yeah, Tim McGraw <laughs> thing. This is Tim McGraw. Show. <laughs> um, yeah. Th- that's going to have a shorter shelf life. Still great for what it is. as a hit form. Yep, number Very one. Different, but a song that's more the uh, humble and kind yeah. can last a lot longer. Yep. You know, so clock slows down for really great work. So while the clock is ticking, don't also worry that oh, I'm not going to write this because it's not going to be relevant. If you do write it, great. It's a great idea. It has a longer shelf life before it kind of expires or it may hang around until stuff comes back in. You just never know. Um, but it sets now, you up to it sets you up to to something better too. Like maybe you're not going to write like humble and kind and and um, and um, the house that built me. Those are mm-hmm. like timeless songs. Yeah, right. Like they're not trendy. I don't. Think. They're not trendy. Like, right. They're not trendy. They, they, they could somebody could record those twenty years from now and it's still going to blow people's minds. Right. Yeah. Um, unlike "Don't Take the Girl," which is a killer song, but it's probably more not gonna, of its time. Yeah, more in, yeah. In, within its time, but. Remember when we had that one episode where we talked about getting closer to your voice, right? Getting closer mm-hmm. to your taste through a body of work. Mm-hmm. Like the more work that you do, like you, you know, every artist starts out there. They have taste. They, they, they want to be good. It's trying to be good. Mm-hmm. But you have to continually work and hone those skills and really get to be a student of the game and understand it. And every time you do that, you get closer to your, your taste and understanding how to, really unlock that and, and make that connection and, and, and do something that becomes all of a sudden not derivative, but original because yeah. you know how to put your own fingerprint on it, but you can't do that if you're holding on to stuff, right? Yeah, if, if you're holding up the nuts, man, you gotta, yeah. <laughs> you gotta get them out there. <laughs> yeah. And, and I get that. I mean, I still deal with that, you know, cause I may have some rights that I'm like, you know, this is probably, you know, best case scenario, maybe like an indie cut on this artist and, it, you know, but we're in the room. How big a song, how big an idea do I want to bring? I had one of those earlier this year and I'm like, ah, gosh, I've been kind of holding on to this one for the right opportunity, right? Because not every song is right for every co-write at the same time. But it's right. like, you know what? I think this is a, in the right setting could be a, a hit idea. I think it's just really, really good. Okay, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and bring it into this with one unknown, well, really two unknown co-writers. One was an indie artist. Um, I'm like, I don't care. I'm swinging because I got more ideas than I got co-writes. I'm going to bring this really, I think a really stellar idea because I'm going to have more. And I do have more. It's not my only one I'm sitting on. And I brought it in. We wrote it. And you know what? And probably nothing ever going to make any money off it. (laughs) But you know what? I have more ideas. 
But sometimes right. it could go the other way. I mean, I think there's right, a where it goes a lot story. bigger than you think. Yeah, there's a similar story to I remember listening to an interview with Garth talking about Bud Lee mm-hmm. and Friends in Low Places. And yeah. he's like, man, that was like, because I'm sure everybody wanted that song, you know, and Garth got it. Now, Garth wasn't Garth. No. In Friends in Low Places. Friends in Low Places is a big, big reason why Garth is Garth. Oh, right? yeah, for sure. Well, well, but it wasn't his first, right? What was his first big hit? The Dance? Well, his his first single, I think, was Not Counting You. And then he had, I think, Much Too Young okay. uh, was maybe after that. And then If Tomorrow Never Comes, I think, was his first number one. Okay. Possibly. But that was like the mega hit, the iconic. Oh, yeah. Friends mega- of the Places was the first record, was the single after the dance. The okay. first single off the second record. So he okay. had the dance, which was just huge and then he followed that with friends in little places you're talking about the one two punch the end all one two punches yeah as an artist so, still when you talk about okay but so i, I know, had that before the first record though that's entirely possible i don't know yeah. about that that's but that would make sense too mm-hmm. for it but but think about this like there i know a ton of artists i've worked with a bunch of artists mm-hmm. who've had one or two records mm-hmm. you know one or two number ones yeah and didn't disappear yeah Right. So, so a song like that, if he was holding on to it, I mean, he could have on paper, it could have made sense that, you know what, let's give this to a bigger artist. Cause I'm going to, I don't know. I don't know where this is going to go. You know, this, 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 you know, sort of overweight bald crooner from Oklahoma. Right. I'm not, I don't know if it's going to be, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Like there's better, there's better guys. You never know. You never know. And then, and then look at what happened, you know? Mm -hmm. And I know that like, um, I mean, Warren Haynes co-wrote a, a three-way with working on two of a kind, working on a full house. Mm-hmm. And so that came out, it was a big hit by itself. And then the greatest hits record came out and that sold like 15 million records or something yeah. too. And I'm pretty sure like his third of that song made more money for him than I, I'll bet that he ever made in the home brothers, dude. <laughs> 20 years, you know what I mean? That's like yeah. sick money, like sick. Yeah. You know? Oh, it's crazy money. Yeah. And, and so, man, you got to get it out there. Just get the good. You know what? Your reputation is not built on possibilities. Your reputation is built on good work. Exactly. And one thing, so I get frustrated sometimes because you, you may have an idea that you're like, oh, man, if I could just write this with X artist or whatever, you know, in, in Nashville right now, there's so much the artist co-writes are getting most of the cuts. And it can be frustrating because you're like, do I want to write my best stuff if it's not going to have as fair of a chance as if, I were to write this with an artist. Right. Right. So I, I, I pondered that and go, Oh, do I hang on to these till I can get in the room with an artist? Yep. But you know what? What's my best chance of getting in the room with an artist is to have great songs before I get in the room with the artist. I, they're almost audition songs. Exactly. Some may get cut, which is awesome. But even if what this song does is impress a producer and an A&R person, a, co-writer of that artist enough to go dang we got to get you in the room with so-and-so yeah you know it's the audition to get you in the room now you got to write a new song <laughs> that's exactly better like, well you know if that's what it's for that's what it's for hopefully they're for more than that but sometimes i think okay that might be what this song is for is to impress them and go wow that's great and he writes his own stuff but let's get you in the room because what you did on that is he would love and part yeah, of them and- go, then he should just cut this but if that's not how they're rolling 
and, and, and keep whatever. in mind, keep in mind this. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about stepping stones for a second here. Okay. So let's mm-hmm. talk about, um, the fact that it's not over if, if this indie artist cuts it. No. Yeah. Right. Not at all. Like it can be cut again by a major label artist who loves it. Who's like, uh, you know, Travis Meadows, man, uh, we all want what we ain't got. Mm-hmm. Like, like go version. listen to the Travis Meadows version of that. So here's a guy just started writing songs and, and I'm pretty sure that was a, well, I'm not pretty sure. I'm, I'm, I want to think that was a solo write um, with him. Cause I think that's, he works that way a lot Yeah, or he did in the beginning, but um, then Jake Owen, his record, this little indie record just was so good. The songs were so good mm-hmm. that it ended up, being the kind of the, the sort of record of choice that they were spinning on all the tour buses yeah, mm-hmm. for, for all the big, the big artists just loved it. And the next thing, you know, Jake Owens like, Hey man, uh, would you mind if I cut, we all want what we ain't got. And if you listen to the Travis Meadows version, which I highly recommend that you do with whatever you stream on, it's there. And then we all want what we ain't got. And then listen to Jake Owens. You'll hear Jake Owen. Not only did he cover the song, he tried to pretty much cop the production that Travis <laughs> did because <laughs> yeah. it was so freaking good. Like just stay out of the way of the melody and the lyric because yeah. mm-hmm. it was, it was awesome. But there's a situation where that was out that had a little life. It wasn't doing much. And then boom, and yeah. now, Tra- then now, Travis is on buses with everybody. With everybody, and I everybody. mean, even the, the hard buses to get on, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, like Eric Church, you know, who flat yeah. out told them, like, you, you ain't on this bus because you're a Nashville songwriter, right? Yeah, because he almost like disdains them. You know, he's like, no, mm-hmm. no, we do things differently here. That's yeah. his brand, but that's Travis, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, so I'm, there it is again. Do the work. Do the work. Get it out, get it out there. Put it out there. It comes yeah. back around. And, and I know we're, we're coming up on time, but I, I want to point out that it, this doesn't mean that every best idea is right for every co-writer. But the point is that you want to do your very best work regardless of who else is in the room. Do your best work regardless of who else is in the room. So your songwriting skills like a sport. You play like you practice. You might consider those practice rights. Oh, this person doesn't have a record deal. This person is not a list writer. You play like you practice. You bring your A game. If you consider that practice, which I don't think you should, because you, you might be in the Super Bowl and you just don't know it, like I was with Aaron. I didn't know I was in the Super Bowl that day. I was just yeah. trying to write the best song I could, and so was she. If you don't make it a habit to always do your best, you acting like some co-writer just practiced, you may, your best may not be there when you need it, when you finally do get in the room with that hit writer or hit artist. And doing your best every step along the way is going to help you get in those rooms. So, again, I still cast my ideas with co-writes going, what's right for this co-writer? What's right for that co-writer? Some ideas may not be the best for certain co-writers because not because of the quality of the idea, but because of the qualities of that idea, how you want to write it. You know, you may have a super poppy idea that's great, but you're not going to bring it to your super redneck, slow country dirge writer. Yeah. That's just not the right idea for that all that person. It's not about the quality of the idea. It's about the qualities of that idea that may make it right or wrong for certain writers. So I, I do still pay attention to that because mm-hmm. I want to give the song its best chance with, you know, and give the co-writer their best chance to shine. But again, every time they'll bring your best because you just don't know when one of those might be the right song or the right person is going to hear it and hear something in there that even if the whole song isn't there, that they like, they respond to, and that opens a door of opportunity for you. So, um, you know, I'd like to hear from you guys in the client community. You know, have you held back on presenting your best stuff to co-writers? How'd that work out? Did you end up getting something that you loved anyway? 
have you taken a chance with a co-writer presented one of your top shelf ideas and it worked out really well or didn't i'd love to hear that stuff you know we'll post about this uh, johnny always posts about this uh, each episode in the climb community hop on there let us know what you think yeah I'd love to hear from you Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, that brings us to the end of another killer episode of The Climb. Once again, thank you to Disc Makers. Yes. Uh, proud to partner with you guys. Uh, join the Climb community. We were just talking about that. If you haven't already, just ask to be let in. We let everybody in. Just make mm-hmm. sure you get a picture on there. And uh, there's lots of good stuff going on there. Subscribe to the podcast so that uh, they automatically download and you can keep it keeps them in order and you can you know, do skip back and forth as much as you like and um, leave a rating and review five-star rating and review, please. If you can make yeah. sure that you're careful that you get all the stars that you want to get. We want you to put what you want. <laughs> I've done that before. And I felt terrible. I was like, Oh man, you know, maybe a one-star uh, wonder. One yeah. Star, I wonder goes, what happened. Oops. You can't go back. You can't go back and change it. You know, you're like, no, oh. no. edit. All right. Um, and then finally, uh, share it, man. If, if it's working for you, it's going gonna, it's gonna to work for some other people too. They might find something out of it as well that makes you look cool and it, and it helps us out. We get to more people. So um, oh, also real quick, uh, one other thing, I have a free gift for you. Oh yeah. Yes. You can go to giftfrombrent.com. I have a free ebook there. It's called Think Like a Pro Songwriter. Just boils down some of the nuggets and some of the stuff I picked up from my years in the music business. My gift to you, just tell me where to send it. I send it right out to you. Also put you on the songwriting pro insiders list. So you get uh, advanced notes about special events we have coming up. You get the blog post every week, that kind of stuff. A lot, a ton of free, free nuggets. So let's get from Brent.com. Awesome. All right, guys. So this podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, 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 no, no, I'm not. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.